0: You are listening to the weekly podcast from Journey Christian Church. For more information about Journey, please check out our website at journeychristian.com. We are a community of fully devoted disciples of Jesus who reach out to love our neighbors, serve the hurting, and develop leaders for ministry.
1: We have this saying around here, everybody's welcome, nobody's perfect, and through Jesus, anything's possible. This idea that everybody's welcome, Jesus embodied this. In his life, but not just in his life, in the death, burial, and resurrection. That's what the whole purpose of Jesus was, was was to ensure that everybody understood they were welcome. Everybody. You see, Jesus welcomed people in his life. He welcomed the sick, the the blind, and the paralyzed were welcomed him. He welcomed kids and honored women. He even welcomed the demon-possessed. And and some of y'all are like, Pastor, listen, the first couple I was with you, like, I welcome the sick, I will welcome women and kids, but you lost me at the demon possessed, okay? (laughs) Jesus welcomed the demon possessed. He welcomed sinners and cheaters and adulterers. He welcomed criminals that were on death row. He welcomed those with power and those with no power at all. He welcomed those that had large faith, but also he welcomed those with no faith, but lots of questions. He even welcomed those that would eventually betray him. That's why I love this quote by Bob Goff. If I had one last meal, I wouldn't spend it with a person I knew would betray me. Jesus did, because love does. I love that. Listen, Jesus is so welcoming. And yet, you know what many of us do is we hide. Even though he's so welcoming, we still hide from God. We've been hiding since day one in the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve hid. They hid because of their sin. And we we learned this in Genesis three. It says this, then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord called to the man, where are you? He answered, I heard in the garden and I was afraid. So I hid. I think that same question God asked Adam and Eve in the garden, he might be asking some of us today. Dustin, where are you? Darnell, where are you? Jessica, where are you at? And some of us have been hiding from God for a while. And listen, listen, I get it. There's, there's a lot of reasons, but I think they fall into two main buckets why we hide. The first one is you've been hurt and you blame your hurt on God. And so we tend to hide. The second one maybe is because you have sin and sin either leads to fear of God. You think he's, get, his wrath is gonna punish you or it leads to shame. And so what we do with our sin is instead of confronting God, we, we hide, or at least we try to hide. But the truth is, guys, we know this. You can't hide from God. You you ever seen a four-year-old try to hide from his parents? He's like, I'm behind a pole. You can't see me. Or when he's like this, he's like, you can't see me, you know? And as a parent, you like play along, but you're like, yeah, I kind of see you. You're immature. You little four-year-old, you know, like pull it together. Like we can't hide from God. We, we can try to hide from God, but God, he was asking a rhetorical question when he said, where are you? He knows where you're at. He knows exactly where you're at and what you're doing. What he was trying to do is say, listen, you don't need to be hiding anymore because the truth is you can never hide from God. There was a group of teenagers in Bangladesh earlier this year. They were playing hide and seek. And one of them, 15 year old named Fahim, He went and hid in a shipping container, and he shut the door. And when he shut it, it locked him inside. It's pitch dark, and then he falls asleep. 30 minutes go by, and his friends can't find him. They think he's just really good at the game. Minutes turn into hours, they still can't find him, and now it turns into days they're getting worried about him. And the reason they couldn't find him is because that shipping container got put on a cargo ship. And it went 2,300 miles, and they found him six days later. Thank goodness he was alive, and they crowned him hide-and-seek world champion. (laughs) Like, man, you take it really serious. That was good. You got us. Here's what I know. Whenever we try to hide from God, it will never take us to places we ever wanted to be in. Anytime we think we're hiding from God, I promise you, however we hide, you'll never like where it takes you. And plus, we don't need to hide from God. That's what he came for. He came to give grace, to give love. This is why I love uh, Dr. Chip Dodd. He says, if Adam and Eve would have cried out instead of hiding out, things would have been a lot different. You see, Jesus, or I should say God in James chapter four, verse eight, he says, come near to God and God will come near to you. And so what that's saying is you don't need to hang out in the bush anymore. You come out. He's not going to condemn you. There is no condemnation for those that belong to Christ Jesus. He says, come out of the bushes and God comes near to you. That's the whole point of the cross. That's the the point of the Easter story. There's no more hiding. We don't need to hide. There's only only good news. Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Adam and Eve, they weren't the only ones that sinned. You and I sin. And if I were to say, hey, go ahead and raise your hand if, if you've never sinned before, I would just be identifying a bunch of liars, okay? So we all, we've all sinned, fall short of the glory of God, which means we need someone to rescue us from that sin. You see, we, we have an itemized bill, and we need somebody to pay it. That's what our sin's all about, for all of sin and fall short of the glory of God. And, and sometimes what we tend to do, especially... And Americas were like, whatever the problem is, I'm just going to pull up my sleeves and I'll solve it. So, so if I have a sin problem, no problem. I'll pull up my sleeves and I'll solve it. The problem is it's a spiritual problem and you can't solve it. Only God can. And so it's not about your effort. It's not about you pulling up your sleeve. It's about letting him do what he's already done. Take on the sins of the world. You can't solve that problem. You can only accept the fact that he already has. Several years ago, there was a, a drunk man. True story. He got drunk, and after he got drunk, he got drunk some more. I think he was hiding from something. And and a little while went on, and then he walked home. He tried to make his way home, and as he's going home, he notices there's this massive group of people. So he goes to figure out what's going on. Come to find out, it's a search party. They're looking for a missing person. So he he preemptively he just says, "Hey, out of the goodness of my heart, I'm going to join the search party. I'm going to help look for this missing person." This goes on for hours. Until one of the volunteers looks at the drunk man and realizes the person they're looking for is in fact the drunk man. This is a headline: Turkish man presumed missing attends search efforts for himself. You can't make that up. I, 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 I would have loved to have been there. This is us spiritually we're looking to try to solve a problem that only he can. You see, the world will say, if you have a problem, you need to look within. And God's like, there's nothing within. You need to look up. It's, not, it's up. It's not in. You see, we can't solve the problem that we've created. God can and God has. Romans 6, 23 says, for the wages of sin is death. Because of our sin, the, the wage of that is, is death. That's the penalty. So on that itemized bill at the bottom, it says death. That's some heavy stuff. That's bad news, but here's the good news. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So, so the, the, the price is death, but God steps in and says, no, 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 not you. I'm going to pay the price. That's why we call it good news. Some of you have been praying for something for a while. You've been praying for love or, or joy or peace. And, and I wonder if what you're praying for is right in front of you. Maybe you've heard this story. It's an older story. It's about this storm that came and it started flooding this town. And this man gets up on top of his roof and he begins to pray and says, God, would you, would you please rescue me? I have enough faith. Would you please rescue me? In Jesus' name, amen. And all of a sudden, right after that prayer, a rowboat comes by. And the rowboat, he screams out and he says, hey, jump on in. I got plenty of room. I'm here to rescue you. And the man on the roof says, no, no, no. It's okay. You don't understand. God's gonna rescue me. And the robot's like, all right, deuces, and just keeps going. And, and then shortly after that, a speedboat comes by, and the speedboat comes by and says, jump on in, I got plenty of room, I'm here to rescue you. And the man says, no, no, you don't understand, God's going to rescue me. God's like, all right, man, whatever, he takes off. Shortly after that, a helicopter comes by, hovers over the house, throws a rope, says, grab on, I'm here to rescue you. God's like, no, God's going to rescue me, I have faith, it's okay. The flood rises. the man dies. He's frustrated. He sees God in heaven and says, God, what happened? I had, I had faith. Why didn't you rescue me? And God's like, are you, are you serious? I sent a rowboat, a speedboat, and a helicopter. What did you expect from me? I think what some of us have been praying for is found in Jesus, and you don't even know it. You've been praying for love because you're hopeless. You've been praying and looking for joy in the midst of despair and peace in the midst of chaos. And listen, God says, I hear you. It's all found in my son, Jesus, in this life and in the life to come. And I wonder if we're too busy stiff arming God with the answer that's right in front of us because we think it's found in something else. And we search our whole life looking for it in other things. And God's like, listen, I've come to give you life. Life to the full in his words. Romans 5, 8 says this, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God didn't die for you. He didn't send his son Jesus to die for you thinking that you'd be perfect. Like, like we understand that. Like he understands all of us have hurts, habits, and hangups. We we have some issues, and God knew that. That was the whole purpose of him. He says, I know you have issues. That's why I have to die for you. He knows everything you've done in the past. He knows what you're currently struggling with and he knows what you're gonna do. And he still would die all over again for you because he's crazy about you. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You see, on Friday, we celebrate what's called Good Friday. It's horrible for my savior We call it good because it's good for mankind. But that's not why we worship him. We worship him because Sunday was coming. You see, and after Jesus died, they took his body and they put it in a tomb. They took a big boulder and put it over the opening. And then they had guards guard it. And on Sunday morning, these two women, both named Mary, they come to pay their respects. And as they come to visit the tomb, they realize there's no guards. The boulder has been moved. And they walk in and there's no Jesus. Listen, a lot of people expected a lot of things, but nobody expected nobody. This changes everything. And Jesus, and they're kind of like, oh, we don't know what happened. Jesus appears to the women. Jesus appears to the disciples. Jesus appears to a lot of people over the course of 40 days. And as he appeared with them, he even uh, answered the question, showed them the scars And then shortly after that, he ascended to heaven. And then after that, we have the birth of the church. In the Bible, there's a book called Acts. And what Acts is in the Bible, it's the birth of the church. Jesus is gone. He's left us the Holy Spirit. And now the birth of the church. And it's important for us to understand this. When they killed Jesus, they weren't just trying to kill Jesus. They were trying to kill his movement. You understand? that? That's really, really important. This was a power struggle. They were trying to kill the movement of Jesus. And so what the early church had is the early church had a lot of persecution. They were trying to kill off Christians. And in the midst of that, throughout Acts, you heard the same three things over and over and over again in the book of Acts. Three things. Believe in Jesus, repent of your sins, and get baptized. Believe. Romans 10, 9, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. Repent. Peter replied, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And and let me just help you understand. Some of us, we don't want to repent because if we confess our sin, God's going to know what we've done wrong. Hey, he already knows what you've done wrong. You're never going to surprise God. You understand that. Here's what happens when you repent. And I love this. 1 John 1.9, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. How many of y'all want to be purified today? That's what it says. That's what we do. And then the third thing is this, Acts 2.41, those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. Listen, we can just read over that and gloss over that. Let me explain to you what happened when 3,000 people said yes publicly to Jesus in that day and age. They were saying we would rather die for Jesus than live without him. That is some boldness that took place. They were not scared to say, hey, we believe in Jesus even if it costs our life. We're gonna get baptized. It's not gonna just be this relationship that's just between me and God and I'm gonna do it in my own house. No, we're gonna do everything he's told us to do, including go public with our faith. And so what we're gonna do right now is we're gonna talk about those three things and I'm gonna challenge you to do those three things. I'm gonna challenge you to believe in Jesus. I'm gonna challenge you to repent and I'm gonna challenge you to get baptized. Some of you are like, wait, 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 what do you mean get baptized this morning? Yeah, right now, right here. I'm gonna challenge you to get baptized. Watchman Nee says baptism is faith and action. Some of you are like, what do you mean I can't get baptized right now? I've never been to like a a baptism class or, or an orientation you just were. You were in. You graduated with honors. You did great. Listen, you did awesome. Good for you. Well done. Some of y'all are like, I wasn't planning on getting baptized. Listen, the 3,000 people, they weren't planning on it either, I promise. I wasn't prepared. I don't have the right clothes. We literally have everything for you. We have clothes, we have plenty of towels, and we have plenty of water. Lake County, Apopka. We have everything you need. Yeah, I, I was planning on going out to lunch after this. Listen, I promise you, I promise you, if you get baptized today and go out to lunch, it'll be a lunch that you'll never forget. It, it will be one of the greatest lunches you've ever experienced. I promise. But, but but, pastor, I just got my hair did. What do I do about that? Listen, I get it. Here's, here's what I'm gonna, I'll tell you. Lake County, I don't know how logistically we'll do this, but I'll commit this. If you're worried about your hair, I'll personally style it, okay? I'll take care of that. I have good news and I have bad news, okay? I'll give you the bad news. I only know one style. The good news is I pretty much perfected it, all right? It's just a number one, just everywhere around, just shave it. If you're joining us online, you're like, hey, I, I, I think I might want to get baptized. What do I do? I would say go to journeychristian.com backslash next steps. As a matter of fact, we, we did this last week. There's a family joining us from Connecticut. They've been joining us online for a year. They live in Connecticut. Last, last Sunday, they came to 1130 service and they got baptized. One of their, isn't that cool? One of their family members. So cool. Let me, let me tell you what might be the biggest Hurdle for many of you about getting baptized today. And this is real. I get it. What is my family or friends gonna think if I get baptized today? Like the people I'm with, what are they gonna think? Either I've been, uh, they think I've a, been a believer for so long, they might be disappointed or whatever, or, or it could be awkward. What are they gonna think? Let me just help you with something about Christianity. Christianity is you making the decision that you're no longer going to live based on what other people think or even what you feel, Christianity is making decisions based on what he wants you to do. So the question is, the question is, what does God want you to do? What does he want you to do? Last Easter, we did something similar to this where we had open baptism. And there were so many really powerful, really cool stories, but there's one in particular I want you to listen into This is Violet's story. Check this out.
0: Hi, my name is Violet Fernandez, and my family and I, we have been coming to Journey for four years. We moved from Europe to Apopka 10 years ago and immediately became friends with Crystal and Jeremy Tomlinson and our next-door neighbors, Jamie and Ryan Funk. Crystal and Jeremy invited our families for many years, but our families were not ready to connect with any church because we didn't have a great experience with churches back home. Finally, one day we said yes to the invitation and we came together with our neighbors for the service on Sunday. That day was amazing. I never felt that energy before and I felt that I am connected to Jesus more than ever in my life. Last Easter, my family and I decided to take the next step and be baptized along with our neighbors. I don't know if you remember how Pastor Jeremy jumped to the pool and baptized my family, my husband, my son was there, and our neighbors, and Crystal joined us, and Pastor Randy was there. We were all connected and felt loved in that pool. After we got baptized, our whole world changed. We have decided to be more involved with church. I started volunteering with my daughter at the communion table. We attend the serve day and many other occasions, whatever we could help our community. If you're thinking about getting baptized, do not hesitate. God will. Create a lot of miracles around you, and you will be connected to Jesus more than ever. What are you waiting for? Just do it.
1: Violet's and her family and friends are in this service. Violet, so, so proud of you. Great story. Cool thing is, we had services on Thursday. And we showed that video and Violet wasn't here, but some of her friends were. And they ended up texting Violet later on that night. They said, Violet, thanks for your story. Your story inspired our daughters to make a decision for Jesus and get baptized. is yeah, that cool? is oh, that awesome? Thursday, we saw 15 people make the decision to give their life to Jesus, get baptized, previous service, we saw more at both campuses continue to do that. But I want to I help straighten out a myth about, about Christianity and Jesus for some of you. And I just want everybody, additional seating, everybody Lake County, just listen, lean in, listen to this. Listen, God loves you. And there's this belief in our culture that if you, if you know that he loves you, and if you believe in God, then you're a Christian and listen that's not true it's not true there's a guy named Mark Apel he was a pitcher baseball player in 2009 he was drafted in the 15th round by the Detroit Tigers did he play for the Tigers no for one reason he never signed a contract with them. he ended up going to Stanford University play baseball for them. And then in 2012, he was the number eight overall draft pick by the Pittsburgh Pirates. Did he play for the Pirates? No. For one reason, he didn't sign a contract. Instead, the next year, 2013, he was the number one draft pick by the Houston Astros. Did he play for the Astros? Yes. For one reason, he signed a contract. Listen, church, listen, you're God's number one pick. He's crazy about you. He's chosen you. But that doesn't mean you're on the team. It means you now have to choose him back. Just because he loves you, just because you know he's real, doesn't mean you're on the team. You actually have to say yes to him. How do you do that? You believe, you repent, and then you show it through the waters of baptism some of you have never made that decision. Some of you just thought kind of what the myth I believe I've just unpacked and you just thought, well, I always just thought, no, no, you actually have to say yes to Jesus. Well, how do I do that? Well, we already read Romans 10, nine. If you confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, Jesus is Lord, then you'll be saved. And so that's, that's as simple as that. So I'm going to put a prayer up on the screen and we're going to just read this together. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it and then I want you to repeat it after me. Everybody in Lake County, everybody in additional seating and the atrium, everybody in a pop. I just want you to, to repeat this after me. Not, not just the people praying it for the first time, but everybody. There's nothing magical about the prayer. It's only magical if you believe it in your heart and you're praying to God. It says, I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God, Jesus I want to begin a relationship with you and surrender my life to you. I repent of my sins. Will you please forgive me? Jesus, I may not be perfect, but I am yours. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Listen. Some of you prayed that prayer and you said yes to Jesus for the very first time in your life. And what's happening in heaven is the Bible says they're just having a party. And if they're having a party up there, I think we need to have a party down here. Can we just celebrate everybody that made that decision for the first time? Isn't that awesome? So good. Listen, you're two thirds of the way there. Many of you, you, you believe you repented. And now I'm going to challenge you to have the boldness that they had in Acts 2. They were doing it under persecution. And I can tell you, in this room, you're not going to have persecution. You're going to have cheerleaders cheering you on every step of the way. And here's what I would tell you. If you can't say yes to Jesus in a room full of people cheering you on, I don't know if you will be able to do it out there. And so my encouragement today, don't pass up this opportunity to make your faith public. Some of you, you came in, you dropped your kids off and you came in as one person and you're gonna pick your kids up as another because this is what baptism is. The old life is gone, the new life is here. And we have some new creations in Jesus' name. Some of you, you've been thinking about this and you're not sure what to do. Listen, even if you need somebody to talk to, we'd love to help unpack or if you have a couple questions, we have pastors, we have team, we have counselors. We'd love to be able to help you out. Some of you know already, this is the day that you need to make right now. This is the day of salvation. I would say, don't let anything stop you. No, no matter who you're with, no matter what's going on, everybody will wait for you and we're just gonna celebrate. Lake County, Apopka, we're gonna celebrate. I end with this verse, Acts twenty two sixteen. 16. It says, and now, what are you waiting for? Get up, be baptized and wash your sins away, calling on his name. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, God, thank you. Thank you for your love and your grace. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for so many people that have already stepped out in boldness to say yes with you. And God, I thank you for that. I believe there are many more today, many more in this service, Lake County, online, Apopka. And so God, I pray, would you give us the boldness? Would you give us the discernment to believe, repent, get baptized in the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said,
0: amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the weekly podcast from Journey Christian Church. If this message was a blessing to you, be sure to click the follow button and share it with your family and friends. For more information about Journey Christian Church, please go to journeychristian.com.